What's up, guys? Welcome back to a special edition of the Footy Pod. We're actually on the road this week. We're in California for the week, and we have a guest on today. His name is Ricardo La Barbera. He's uh, from Torino. He actually played in the Juventus Academy as a player from ages 10 to 17. He's been in the U.S. for 10 years now, coaching the whole time. Started out more team coaching, working with clubs, uh, but started his own brand, Football Lab Soccer School. That's where we're at here. Uh, close to Stockton, we're in. Yeah, it's in Salida. Salida, yeah, it's Salida. closer to Modesto than Stockton. Yeah, so about we're about two hours east of San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, we're in San Francisco for the week, of course, to spend time with Casey, the trainer that we just had yeah. moved out there. So uh, we wanted to connect with you, and we came, got a session earlier this morning. You guys beat each other up. <laughs> My man, you, you're sweating, you're sweating. I'm over here just chilling. It is kind of hot here, though. It's, it's hot. It's, it's it hot. is. It's much hotter than San Francisco. It is hot, but it's. I like it because it's dry hot. It's not humid hot. Yeah. So I really enjoy it. If we were back in Dallas right now, we'd be sweating even more. <laughs> that's for sure. It's like hell there. Um, so you have your master's degree in sports science, training techniques, and sports psychology yeah. from the University from of Torino. From Torino. Sports science of Torino, yeah. Okay. You brought that over here to kind of apply that to what you've always been passionate about, which is obviously football, soccer. Um, And like I said, you started Football Lab in 2016 to make that transition more towards uh, individual training. And we're in a similar position right now. I obviously still coach teams. I coach for a club in Dallas called DKSC. He's always coached with me, coached teams in the past, but uh, he's making the transition to focus solely on individual training as well. And so, you know, we've been in California for a few days now. Yesterday, we were in uh, Berkeley area. We went and visited with uh, an organization, a guy named Nitsi, uh, that runs Soccer Together, just kind of a camp organization. Mm-hmm. They run uh, summer camps throughout the, the summer. More, you know, at least the group that he had that day was more younger, beginner players. Big group out, though, really nice guy. He referred us to uh, another field that we should check out in the area. What was the place called again? Turf fields, turf fields, real close by, mm-hmm. right there in uh, uh, Albany. Uh, so we went and checked it out, saw some people playing. We decided we'd, uh, you know, go and introduce ourselves and just kind of acclimate ourselves with the scene because that's why we're here. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're here to kind of get to know some people, make some connections and whatnot. Um, so we ended up meeting this Brazilian guy who's leading some camp groups there, and uh, he's an older gentleman. Uh, you can tell he has a lot of experience, and and coming from his culture, you know, he's been immersed in that soccer environment his whole life Uh, but he you know we tried to see if we could potentially set up some collaboration with him kind of like we're doing with you right Um, he wasn't as open to it which going into the conversation I was kind of expecting that I wasn't expecting him to want to like you know make a podcast with us or do training sessions with us or anything but figured we'd at least introduce ourselves and just kind of see you know uh, if he can guide us in any way Um, but he shared an interesting insight with us that he didn't think individual training was important at all, that it was basically uh, irrelevant to a player's development. And, you know, that made me think a little bit about what he was saying, and, you know, he's not totally wrong, because obviously coming from his perspective, his culture, in Brazil, it's, you're playing in the street, hours, 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 you, you bleed the game, so it, it doesn't really, uh, it, you don't have to convince players to go and get their touches. Yeah. The development happens naturally. So that statement may be true for his culture. 
you're coming from a different culture. Uh, obviously, Italian culture is different from Brazil oh, Brazilian yeah. culture, different from American culture. So I, I was interested to see, you know, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. Do you think individual training is important? Obviously, you do. You run, you know, an individual training program. Yes. But, you know, based on your culture coming from Italy, like, is that something that they are even thinking about over there? Is that something that is growing a little bit more over there? Yeah. Uh, what what do you what do you, what is your perspective on that? So first of all, uh, I think one very important aspect that you talked about this gentleman is is relevant. His age. You said he's a little older gentleman. Right. And uh, one thing that I can I can relate is uh, older gentlemen, older coaches, also in Italy, they are kind of old school. So they're they're not super open to what's new. Absolutely. They you you talk to one of these older coaches, and. While they can have, you know, everybody has their own idea of the game, so I, I totally respect that. You can agree or disagree, but I always believe you have to be open to what's coming, to what's new. You can't fight what's new. And I think the older school of coaches, they kind of fight what's new, what's coming up. Uh, we'll see uh, even in the, later, in the later, later 10 years, five years, even pro players, they have their personal trainer. One of my uh, favorite players ever, Alessandro Del Piero, now he's not playing anymore, from Juventus after his surgery to his knee, that happened right after my surgery, like a week after, he started training with a personal training to recover, and then he just kept going with that personal training after he recovered. And in those years, probably they were the best years of his career. Uh, I don't know if that's just uh, randomly or that had an influence on him. So while I believe uh, uh, part of his uh, ideas, these older gentlemen uh, are right, like you said, if you play in the street, and in Italy, they're still on. I, I grew up playing in the street. I didn't have any personal training. Uh, but you grow. You definitely grow. You, you face older kids, older players, younger players. Someday you're the best, someday you're the worst. You have to like, survive in it. It's a jungle. Uh, and that definitely develops you. Uh, what doesn't have any value in that, and, and that uh, environment has a, a whole lot of uh, development as far as psychology of the, the development. Or, and the uh, coordination of the development. Now, nowadays, a lot of that is lost. There's no free playing in the street for several reasons. Uh, we can like it or we don't like it, but it's the reality. So the, the, the reality of the athletes is that uh, you need some kind of extra training yeah. after your team training to tackle those aspects that the team training cannot tackle. And that's when I think it's absolutely complementary uh, in extra training. Uh, now, uh, personally, I would think uh, in Italy, especially I'm talking for Italy because I, I, um, I know a little bit more about that, uh, a group, a small group setup would work a lot better than a one-on-one -on -one situation, uh, like four or five groups, four or five kids. And actually, before moving here, I was thinking about it, starting, and then my life got changed suddenly. I, I, I moved here. Uh, while a one-on-one -on -one would be a little harder, definitely, in Italy. Why, uh, why, do, you, why do you think it's harder? Just a harder sell for the for A the harder player? sell, also I would say the economic aspect has a great impact. So in a group, you can uh, keep uh, the cost a little lower and still make your living. Right. You know? For one-on-one, -on -one, the cost would be a little higher, and uh, the cost is not worth unless some, for wealthy families. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that would, be, that would be the main point, I think. And unluckily, I have to say, there's a lot of old school coaches also in Italy. Yeah. And uh, one big aspect that I noticed when I moved here and I started attending coaching courses around, 
I started learning about, uh, I, I learned the Italian way my whole life. But when I moved here, I started learning the Argentinian way, or the Spanish way, and the Dutch way, and the Brazilian way. Because here, coaches are much more open to the new. They're hungry for learning. While in Italy, uh, it's very close-minded. We've, we've been in Italy, one of the top countries as far as soccer for a long time. But unluckily, we are stuck there. We have a hard time to develop. But you can tell from the national team. We, we failed the, the qualification for the last World Cup. That's, not a, that's, that's yeah. clear. There's a reason yeah. behind that. Um, so I think, uh, I think so it's moving. think that that's having uh, an impact on people's perspective in Italy? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's growing. It's growing. The, and I have several uh, contacts in Italy that I know they're, they're trying to develop some kind of... Uh, we, I call it soccer school because over there we call them more soccer school. Here right. they call them academy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, I know some of them, they're developing this, uh, this uh, small group setup and one-on-one -on -one setup to work on those details, to work on the, on the mental side of the aspect, especially with the olders, yeah. or for the skills. The skills. One, one thing that I noticed, overall I have to say though, that the overall skills uh, level of the world, um, world of football, is lower than a few years ago. It's just lower. There's less uh, less skilled players now. It can be because there's less free playing, or because there's not enough or of extra training to make up for that lack of free training. Are you talking about overall skill level from grassroots to the highest level? Yeah. Now, yeah. Now I'm talking. Actually, right now I was talking to the top level. Yeah. Okay. Like if I would have to compare. The top players right now, even let's take Messi and Cristiano, they are the top. Not like at the level they Mbappe. Have. And if you take uh, uh, in the 90s, in the 2000s of the Serie A in Italy, there is plenty of Messi yeah. and Cristiano Ronaldo. Plenty. There's plenty. It's unlike. And I'm not. Uh, I don't want to say they're not good. They're amazing. Absolutely. They're amazing, but they've been the best for 10, 15. Exactly. Years. That shouldn't happen. And and they're still the best, even in their mid 30s. In their exact. So that shouldn't happen should in the world of football, yeah. where where constant talents are coming up. Yeah. In the in the a little bit in the past, you will have, uh, of course, one of my favorite is Diego Maradona. Uh, you have Maradona, who was the best. But it was the best out of Michel Platini and Falcao and Zico and all this. And, and later there's Zidane and there's Del Piero and there's Roberto Baggio and there's this and there's Juan Cruyff. So many, so many, so many talents, so many amazing players at the level. And right now it, you can count them. Mm -hmm. At that time you could not count them in two hands. <laughs> well, I think COVID had a big impact in, to all of that. You know, a lot of players' development at the highest level was stalled because of COVID. Yeah. They're not getting as many games. You know, they come back, now they got to reset. A lot of them didn't train the way that they were supposed to during quarantine, but, and I, and I want to come back to the reasons why we obviously are in agreement that it is necessary. Training, yeah. individual training is necessary in this culture, in this country. But I want to kind of unpack that first and talk about like the difference between coaches versus trainers because yeah. COVID had a, it, 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 you know, changed a lot of people's perspective on, you know, the difference between the two, the team training versus the individual training, and it made them realize the importance of yeah. the individual training because that's all they had. Yeah. You know, exactly. No one had any other option exactly. but to train on their own. Yeah. And so because of that, because the interest in individual training was a lot higher, I mean, 
you even look at the, the top players. Some some professional players are posting videos of themselves passing against the wall, playing wall ball, juggling, you know, doing individual training yeah. on their own. Yeah. And so when younger players see that, they start to understand that that's what they have to do too. Yeah. Yeah. And professionals have been doing that their whole life, their whole career, yeah. but now it's actually being seen, seen. and recognized. Let me share with you this. So when I was in Juventus, after I, I stopped playing there, I came back to the facility to do one of my classes, my college classes, with a strength and conditioning coach that I had when I was a player. So I was assisting him and I had to do this, uh, this documentation of his work. So uh, you guys know who is Giorgio Chiellini, right? Now yeah. he's, he's older, yeah. so he's almost done. He, Chiellini, Chiellini was uh, he's a lefty, if I'm not wrong. Sorry, he's not, I don't remember. Anyway, he's right footed. Right yeah. So it's a right footed, yeah. that's how I'm confused. So it's a right footed. By the time that I was there, I was, I was 20 something. I saw Giorgio Chiellini alone on the side of a facility in front of the wall with a coach, trainer, playing just his weak foot. Now let's say it's, it's right foot, yeah. so the left. Just his weak foot, just his weak inside, outside. Does some of the basic stuff because he was so bad with that weak foot that he couldn't be in like in a top level team. Right. So they had to really work extra on their weak foot to make him How old belong. Was he, at the time? he was uh, he was younger. He was a lot younger, up and coming uh, player. Yeah. But it was in a Juventus. In I mean, a in a professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an example yeah. of individual training. Absolutely. At the top level. So you know that goes to show right there that like they've been doing it. They've like, been doing it. absolutely. Professional players train individually. Yeah. Maybe some of them don't really do it until they start to get to that level already. Yeah. But all of them are doing it in yeah. some form or fashion. Now the ones that are mo more motivated than others like are going to be able to like be more consistent. Yeah. So we saw during quarantine who were the ones that were more consistent and who came out of quarantine the sharpest, the fittest, were then the ones that were able to pick up where they left off and continue mm -hmm. developing, whereas maybe the ones that didn't uh, stalled because of it. Yeah. So with that in mind, like we, you know, the, the individual training like has become uh, more of interest to players, but I think also from a coach's perspective, uh, they've realized that there is actually a, a, a distinction between being a coach, being a trainer. Absolutely. And, and, and so it is important to have both because they both serve their purpose. And it's important that they communicate. Yep. That's what I, sometimes I, I find a little hard uh, with coaches that they, they get into competition with you. Yep. Uh, while I, I'm always asking to a player, hey, ask your coach what, what, what he sees or she sees as a weak point so we can work on those weak points and when you go back your coach has you as a full potential player because they see it in a team context yeah and you only see it in the individual context yeah. so both play a role and both are fundamental to a player's development Absolutely. so I think that it is necessary it is necessary but what I, what I want to uh, hear from you is why you think that having like a, a coach you know, and an individual trainer, and not just an individual trainer, but different types of individual trainers can bring value to the player. Yeah. Uh, I always uh, try to think when I prepare my session, when I actually start my, my vision to start this uh, uh, training uh, program was I want to train what nobody trains. I want to fill in a whole, whole, a whole spot, a whole blank spot to, to train what no coaches are trained. 
So I, 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 I was coming up with these ideas, okay, what, what are we lacking? Especially here, of course, because now I'm here, it's different than in Italy. So all the coordination skills, coordination skills that are the base, the fundamentals to build, to build on uh, technical skills. So all the coordination skills as far as general and specific to the game. So uh, we have balance, dynamic balance, static balance, anticipation, reaction, creativity, uh, um, all this kind of control, differentiation. So that is the base for the skill, for the technical skills. Mm -hmm. So I want to fill in that spot. On top of that, I'm going to actually work on skills. Once I, have, I, I, I start building uh, those blocks, I will keep working on technical skills, which again, I think uh, they are tackled from some coaches, but they're often tackled uh, in a not uh, game-like way. It's very much a warm-up. Yes, so it's, it's a warm-up, and it's not like a very realistic to the game yeah, sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of repetition of the same motion, let's say 20 times the same little move, but in the game you don't do that. In the game, you have to do it one time and explode out at of the opponent right at yeah. the right moment with the right timing with the right touch. So but that's not like you know, and and that's an important thing to address because that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? The coach has a per, a role to play, a absolutely. To serve. So he doesn't have the time exactly. in a team session. Great to point. Break it all the way down. Great point. And that's what you where you come in. That's where we come in. Great you know? point. And that's that's super important to know. Like, yes, like they, that's what they're doing there. And yes, they do need more than that. They they do their best with two to two times a week. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes three if they are lucky. Yeah. But they do definitely their best. They need to create a system of play. They have to give a team an identity. Try to make them play to move a certain way. Especially eh, not enough at time. Especially at higher level. level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially There's just level. not enough time yeah. to fill in those those gaps and. Uh, uh, and then all, all those, uh, there are also a number of players that uh, they have their time to learn. They, not but everybody just learn at the first time. True. And so those kind of, those players, a lot of times, those are, those are the gems that they're hidden under the sand. Yeah. You want to be patient with those and yep. develop them. And maybe in a few years, they will be the best. They all grow at their own pace. You don't want to, but with two times a week, a lot of times, they have to go, go, go. We have the tournament, we have the game, we have, yeah. to, do the, we have to look good. They are kind of left back, maybe on the bench, maybe right. they don't play enough because at that moment they are not developed enough. And it's no different, like I'm just speaking from what I know, it's no different than in another culture where you go to a team's training, you're working on team tactics. Exactly. But the difference there is they're also touching the ball in the street, yeah. playing with their friends, right? And they're not doing that here. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what what do you what do you think like the motives are behind the coaches and, and the clubs versus the individual trainers and, and, and training programs? And what role do they play uh, in you know, continuing to push the player forward? Um, so it depends. You can, you can tackle the players in different ways. Uh, as, as, a, as a personal coach, personal trainer, uh, I always try to where whatever level they ha they are at, I want them to think into the best level that they can possibly obtain. So let's say they're in a third team, they come in and they're in a third team, I clearly tell them after a while, okay, what's your goal? Why are you here? Uh, if they don't know, 
we have to we have to figure out why they're there. Right. Uh, but they're not going to show up to individual training if, if, if they, they don't, don't have, have a, a exactly. reason, right? So if the reason is okay, I want to get better. Okay, you want to get better as well. Let's give us a goal. You want to get maybe in the second team next year. Yeah. So that's our goal. We are planning to be in the in the second team next year, and maybe in the year after, you want to be in the first team of that same club, and maybe in the next year, you want to be in the top player of that first team, and maybe in a couple of years, we want to go play for a top club. So that's one of my, my, my goals that I try to create with them. If they're coming in already at a good level, at one point I have a nice chat with them. Uh, again, same, same thing. What's your, Why, what's your goal? Why we're here? Why we're putting all this time on this work? What's your goal? They, let they dream. Don't be shy. Let they dream. Let's have a, a vision. Visualize. And they tell them, okay, I want to play college. Perfect. What do we need to do to play college? But specifically, I try to create a, a vision, a step-by-step -step vision that they have to take to get to their goal. A lot of times, some of them, they're just a little shy, or maybe they don't even know. Nobody ever, you know, courted them and asked, and asked them. Yeah. Uh, never thought about it. Never thought. But the moment you have a clear goal in front of you, you're going to really give your soul to whatever you're doing. Uh, I give you a couple of examples that always give me chills. So uh, two of the top players that I train, uh, that I train in the past, one I still train weekly, and now the other is a pro, Kate Cowell, play for the Earthquake, San Jose. And, uh, and the other player, is, her name is Leah O'Brien. So I'll give you the example of Leah first. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I've been training Leah for when she was nine years old always been one of the top, like as far as mentality. Of course, she got better. Everybody can, be, can get better. Uh, at one point, uh, uh, she's playing in the Bay Area now. At one point, I told her, what's your dream, Leah? Let's dream. What's your visual? If you close your eyes and visualize yourself, where do you see yourself? What's your happy place? We came up with, my dream would be to get called for a national team. Perfect. I had to write it down on the door. Yeah, you said it. It came out of your mouth. It came yeah. out of your mouth. Write it down. Every time you come in, yeah. now you see what you write yeah. down. Next thing you know, like a month later, she got a call for the national team. And that was, woof, okay, that was strong. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing happened for... A little bit faster than the experience. A little bit yeah. faster, but it's crazy how the moment you, you are clear, like your mind is clear to your goals, everything comes together even faster than you think. Mm -hmm. And the same thing can happen with Kate. I got called on the national team. I had him writing down on the door. And again, two, three weeks later, a month later, I don't remember, he got the call. You, we, we both knew that that was a possibility. Right. So it was not just out of no, yeah. nowhere. But let's make it clear. Do you really want to go there? Let's speak it loud. Yeah. Speak it loud to uni the universe. Don't just keep it shy or maybe, maybe not. No, no, speak it loud. And then we work towards that. So I think that... Having a clarity of purpose uh, for them, it's hard. It's hard for us sometimes. It's hard for us to have clarity. Okay, why am I doing this? Yeah. You have to have clear purpose. 
And uh, the same thing, it's a little bit more difficult, I would say, for team coaches. Uh, it's hard for team coaches. What's your clarity of purpose? Um, win the next tournament? I, I disagree with that. But that, if that's a clarity, if that's your purpose, that's it fine. It's on the level of the team, you know? Uh, it, it's uh, your, your goal, like when I was coaching the teams in the first year, my personal goal was, was, okay, in five years from now, as many players as I can from my team, I want them to reach the highest level possible, which is college here, or even national, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The highest level possible, as many as possible. So I was coaching every day the team not to win the next tournament. That was a hard thing for parents to understand. But after five, six years, most of them now, they are playing, they are going to play next year for college. And I think some of those parents, they, st they, they still remember, now they can't understand. Yeah. Uh, so for a co but for a team coach, it's definitely harder to figure out. Absolutely, I mean, and that, you know, that addresses my question, you know, what are their motives? You know, as a coach, they have pressure from the club, yeah. depending on what level they're at, yeah, you yeah. know, to, build a winning team, yeah. build a successful team, because ultimately that wants what's bring, what brings attention back to the club. Yeah. That's what helps the club continue to grow. So there is that pressure. Um, and the higher level you are, the more pressure there is to win. Yeah. I'm in that situation right now. I just accepted a, a position. And I've been working for a club in Dallas called EKSC, the Feeders Kick Soccer mm -hmm. Club. Um, and they hired me as the U16 boys ECNL coach. 60, yeah. Top level. Yeah. It's a top level. So you have to bring some results. Clear. So I have to bring results. And I'm in a unique situation because they actually didn't have an established team in that age group uh, already with me coming in and then being accepted into ECNL. Yeah. And so with this being their first year in ECNL, my first year with the club, I have to build a team from scratch. Yeah which is difficult. It, it's, uh, you know, I have to think about not only like what type of players do I want, because I want all midfielders basically, <laughs> you know, uh, but I have to have balance in the yeah. team. And so right now I'm, I'm making sure that each one of my players is a midfielder, but can also play in two Somewhere or three else. other positions, yeah. 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 one or two other positions. Um, so I have players all over the field. And so I'm looking at it from still the perspective that I've always looked at it. I want to make each player go pro. Yeah, they yeah, should. Yeah, that's, they yeah, should. Absolutely. They're at that level. They need to go pro. Absolutely. And so now I get to just work with that same vision, but at a, at a little bit of a higher level. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I took a tournament with them uh, last weekend, I guess it was, before we came to California. Just 77. The team is not even fully, like, set. I don't have the full roster established, but just to kind of get some touches, yeah. you know, get to know each other a little bit. And I mean, even just watching them play, like I can see that they can already play and play the way that I want to play yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be easy to coach them. But right now I'm trying to just build the relationships, build the rapport so that later on when I have to dig into them, they know that the trust is established. And, and it's always with the individual in mind first. Yep. That's what I've told every player that I've signed yep. is my goal is to bring the best out of each individual each. And when we accomplish that, whether it takes three months, six months, a year, two years, we will have the best 06 boys team in the country. Yep. Let me attach to that. You, you bring and, you brought up. So a, don't mean to like cut you off, but yeah, yeah. like so to bring that full circle, like my my as the coach, my motive is to build a winning team. Yeah. That's still my motive, but the trainer side of me still wants to do that 
through the individual, individual development. But th you can have both, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And you brought up a great point uh, about the relationship. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I love, and for a team coach, I get it, it's harder. But y you can kind of still do it. It's just way harder. We're having 16 players. It's very hard. And one thing that I love about uh, training small groups or individual, you can really establish a strong relation. Uh, and it's a full, full trust. And when you can establish some of that, ooh, the life change for the players and for you. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just the flow of energy is so strong. Where we trust each other. Now the training is not me training you, but it's, it's, a, it's an interaction. Like sometimes I feel they teach me while I'm coaching them. It's just, it's our training. It's not just your training. It's our training mm -hmm. together. Uh, and you, it's very hard to do as a team, as a team coach. Yeah. But you will see some of the top coaches, they are able to do it. Yeah. Uh, Tuchel, uh, Klopp, uh, Mourinho. Like it or not like it, Mourinho is one of those. Oh, I'm a big Mourinho. Uh, yeah. The relation is so important. And uh, one thing that I love about the, 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 the setup of a small group, you can really hammer that. You can get a strong relation. Absolutely. Um, but I want to also reinforce something you said. And one of my first Juventus coaches used to tell us, uh, at the younger ages especially, I would say, but you can, you can relate it to your older ages too. A team, yeah, I totally agree. The team is more important than the individual, and absolutely. But a team is made of individuals. If each individual is stronger individually, now the team flourishes. Yeah. The team is much, much better. Yeah. But you have to nurture every individual within the team. That's why the coach profession is so hard. Because you have to really coach each one and the team at the same time. Yeah. That's why at the younger ages and not at the pro level, it's so important to have uh, a coach for the team and a trainer for the small group or individual that can work together. I think that's such a good help for the team coach. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. yeah that's something that I think that uh, more we could have more of, you know, the collaboration. And um, yeah, I mean, even just us kind of transitioning from become, being a club to becoming more just individual training focus, which is what Footy Factory started as yeah. originally anyways, uh, it, it's, it's a good example of that because before we were trying to keep ourselves separate from the rest of the community. You know, we wanted our own, this is our, this is our yep. school, right? Yep. This is our institution. Uh, you come through our training programs, you go into our academy teams, we develop you for our semi-pro teams yep. that we were developing as well. Uh, and, and so with that, there's always competition from outside clubs, outside coaches yep. for the best players. You want the best players and, and we're developing these players so they're becoming some of the best players so now other clubs are trying to take those players and it becomes difficult for us to continue to do our job and and also it's not reflective of the work we're actually doing because yeah. you know our best players go we have to start over and then our teams don't produce the same quality on the field that they would if we had our best yeah. players right uh, that's just normal yeah. but you know with individual training the difference is there is no competition with other trainers or at least I don't view there as there to be any competition some may you know for example ones that are maybe a little bit older have been doing things their way yeah, for yeah. a long time. Uh, but, you know, there, there is no competition because there's enough for everyone to go around. And I feel everyone, everybody has their own different way. Everyone so has everybody suits some different players. Exactly. You know? 
some it's players may be good with me and some players they will not like me and like your style better yeah exactly and so that's kind of what i was leading to with you know the question i had before about the different stuff types of individual training how they can actually each one of them be important and valuable yep. to a player's development um your training is very similar to ours like the the uh, i guess core concepts behind it um with the information processing you know the the uh, the maximum touches that you're getting, you know, the, the continuous repetition, um, constantly like just making decisions within your training yeah. session. It's very realistic to the game. With the space that you have, you've had to be creative. And so because of the design of your space, like it ultimately looks a little bit different from our oh, training obviously, too. Yeah. Mm. But the idea is kind of the same. And I think that if you had more space, it would probably start to look a little bit more like yeah. ours too. And if we had less space, it would, it would probably look yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more like yours. And so, like, I see our training as very similar, but then there are other trainers who maybe it's only ball mastery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only ball mastery, just, you know, getting maximum touches, uh, lots of coordination with the ball, just finding rhythm and getting comfortable with it yeah, yeah, their yeah, feet. Yeah. There's some that maybe, like, they only work on some, some very fundamental, like, shooting or maybe it's more speed and agility, maybe it's more strength and fitness, yeah. right? Like, all of them are important Absolutely. to building a player. Absolutely. This is just the way that we believe yeah. it is mm -hmm. to be done. That's the beauty of training. Everybody yeah. tackles training in different ways and coaching also in different ways. Everybody has a different also personality, so uh, establish a different relationship. Yeah. So that's the beauty, I think. So also. it's okay for a player to come to me, then also, like, if you were something, somebody Absolutely. completely different, go to you, go to somebody else. Absolutely. at the end of the day, they're not ours. We're no, just trying to ours. help them. Yep. We're just trying to help them, you know? Absolutely. I, I always tell the parents and then the players, try yeah. as many as you can. Get different styles, get different accents, get different yeah. uh, things, different everything. And then you decide if you can do two, three, you do yeah, whatever yeah. you want. If you can choose one, now you tried everything. Yeah. And you think, okay, what do I need the most? The speed and agility guy or the more like skill and awareness guy? What do I need the most? Exactly. And you can you can do both. You can. I have a couple of players that they they come to me and then they come they go to another trainer who's also we had a collaboration one summer, uh, and she does both. Yeah. Great. I'm happy for her. She can only get better. Yeah. Exactly. We have a couple that do that as well. She can only get worse. She can only get better. It's good for the player and it doesn't hurt us. Exactly. We're still they're still blocking us for a time. They're booking us for a class, booking us for an individual, whatever. So we're still getting compensated yeah. for our time, and we get we for our time. We invest back, like our full focus, attention, and energy yeah. into that player for the full hour. And then, it, obviously, if they need things outside of that hour, we're always there to support. Absolutely. Always. But we have a specific role to play, and it's to benefit that player. Yeah. So for that hour, we do everything that we can to help that player. And, and, and then, you know, if they decide to go and get that same thing from somebody else, it's no sweat off our back. So yeah. we can all work together. There's yeah. The other thing to consider too is it doesn't matter what level the player is. Yes. With clubs, you're you're fighting for the best yep. players. It doesn't matter if I'm training a beginner or a professional. Like I'm still getting compensated for my time. At, this is my job, right? This yep. is what I show up to do. Like I'm still getting compensated for my time, and I still provide value to that yep. player. And if I'm helping that player, I'm doing my job. And I believe uh, uh, this is something that it's uh, it's hard to to experience. I had a hard time to experience sometimes. Of course, everybody wants to train the best. I mean, it's fun to train top-level players. Mm -hmm. But they're the lowest level that they really need us. 
Yeah. We, we, a lot of times we, you can do more for them. we need to do more. And it's hard. It energy uh, consuming, but they really need us. Yeah. So we need to be there to make better the one that they are the lowest level to change their, their, their soccer life. Yeah. The best, you know, it's fun. Absolutely. They need us. Yes. Probably they need us less than the lower level player. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. So, I mean, you know, obviously, like we said, both coaches and trainers are super important to player development, but also different types of trainers yeah. are important yeah. to player development. Um, so then now I want to come back to what we were talking about before. Like, why are those individual trainers necessary in this culture? I wrote a few things down, some main things that, that we kind of touched on earlier. You know, the reason why maybe that, that coach mentioned that it, they're not necessary is because in his culture, it's not, right? Like, they believe football in that, in that country. Yeah. Everyone wants to play. They're living in much closer proximity to each other. It's easier to connect with other like-minded individuals that love the sport the same way. And so, boom, you hop on the street, you're playing, you're getting yeah. touches, like way more touches. I mean, a lot of times more touches than you'd even get in a lot of individual yeah. sessions. So like, that's already happening there. So, so maybe a trainer is not necessary in that culture because the game is the trainer. Yeah. They Here, also play, they also play a lot of 5v5. Yes. Which, which is you, the same, which is the same idea, a lot of right? Side, yeah. like maximum touches yeah, exactly, in a game environment. Exactly. Here though, there's, there's not that same passion and love for the game, so trainers are, are necessary to instill that. That's true. Uh, and, 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 not a culture, no. Yeah, and to try to build that culture from the grassroots level. So, you know, you might have a kid here that likes soccer, maybe he even lives on a block with a lot of other kids, which may, may not be the case for a lot of kids. Maybe they live somewhere where there's not a lot of kids around them. But maybe those kids don't all like soccer, right? Yeah. Maybe some play baseball, maybe some do swimming, whatever. Yeah. So then who are they supposed to play with? They can't play. Maybe maybe they do like soccer, but they're not even close to the same level. So then they still yep. can't really play with them. There's a lot of things at play to where like street soccer is just not part of the culture here for what for many reasons. There's many reasons behind that. And because of that, individual trainers are necessary here to make sure those kids are getting the touches and also to instill that, that love, that passion for the game. Um, so, you know, and, and, and like we mentioned before, to pick up the slack from the team coaches because they're just not able to focus on everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's just part of their role, for, for better or worse. It, it doesn't matter, like, the team coach has to focus on this. This is what they have to spend their time on. The individual trainer is necessary in this, in this country because they're not getting that technical development on their own elsewhere. So yeah. that's why it's necessary yeah. that, that yeah. we're yeah. here. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, for example, in the Netherlands, uh, in Ajax, I should say, not in, in Ajax Amsterdam, in the academies, so in the, all the youth, they do their team training, but everybody shows up, I think, 30 or 45 minutes before their, their train. Their train, their team is a little shorter, uh -huh. team training, so it's late. Instead of an hour and a half, it's an hour and 15, let's say. But they show up 30 or 45 minutes before, and they do small group training, yeah. skills and coordination. That leads, to into the, leads into the team training. And now guess what? They, they translate right away the skills that they did into the team training. Yeah. And then we see what happened with the IS Amsterdam. They, mm -hmm. they produce some of the top players yeah. in the world. They sell them. They, 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 they decide to have that politics, sell the top players and, and just restart every time. But they're amazing. Yeah. And, but that's what they do. They're, in the end, that's small group training Absolutely. before their team. 
but that's that's a pro so they are able to coaches to, to get paid just for that and the team coaches to pay just for that so. mm -hmm. yeah 100 so i mean just to kind of close things off how do you think we can bridge the gap here like you know we're starting to make progress we're starting to to be more very talented players coming through even in the national yeah. team as well starting to, to to break that 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 barrier a little bit but how can we continue you know over the next five ten years as trainers to to help players along and then also have them help the generation that comes after them yeah so i think uh um one thing that i strive for uh is innovation so look for the new look for the un, 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 undiscovered, you know? Uh, again, what can I do that everybody does not do? What can I train that nobody trains? So try to look into that, tap into that, and it changes, develops. Uh, for example, I call, I call myself the football lab. Lab is like a little uh, game from my last name. My nickname oh, was a player, Laba. Like my it. last name was Laba. I like but it. I also use the lab as a lab, laboratory. Yeah. Because I, I, a lot of times I tap into different sport discipline to, for my trainings. Uh, some, for example, some, uh, some of the awareness that I do with the numbers and everything comes from boxing or from fighting. Some of what I do come from, from uh, basketball. Some of what I do, a lot of body biomechanics, the, the, the movements are the same. But you can tap into different discipline to make the training more fun and more creative. And, in the end, slowly translate and everything to the specific sport. Uh, so that, for example, that's one way that I like to, to, to mix and create uh, all, all the trainings. But I think the being, uh, giving things for granted and being okay and, and repeat the same trainings all over, that is going to be the death of the development. Uh, if I have to look my own training two years ago, three years ago, if I have to look some, one of my videos three years ago, I'm sure I would disagree with myself for 80%. <laughs> yeah. Just because I develop, just like the game develops. And I try to always do that. I might get something, but a lot of things I don't like them anymore. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's the secret. Try to never be completely happy and, and satisfied with, with our session, trainer or coaches. And try to tap into the new, okay, what can I introduce as a new element today? What can I do new? Even just one one thing every two weeks, one thing a week, to just shock the, 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 the player. Uh, I, I love to think that the players that are coming in, they're coming in a little nervous, thinking, oh, what is, what, what is going to do today? What are we going to do new today? So you keep them always on their toes. You keep them always in that uh, a little bit uncomfortable zone. Yeah. Uh, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Once they, they get used to that consistently, weekly, the game, it's easy. The guy, the, the uncomfortable game gets easy. And mind, the, the mind is quiet. They, they are trained for that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the secret. Try to, okay, what's new? What can we do new? What can innovate? Yeah. What can we bring new to the table? Uh, even uh, look through us, like other trainers, mm -hmm. steal literally ideas, but change them. Don't just copy them. Yeah. Because you might copy, I might copy one of the drills that Evan did to me, like just copying them. But I don't have the, the thought process that he yep. had behind yep. that. I'm just copying. That's useless. But if I take the setup and I put my own ideas behind it and maybe change it and tweak it, now I have my own goals behind that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm putting something new to the table. 
that's that's a, that's how we can help each other and collaborate and reach each other instead of keeping our own secrets. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my secret. No, let's share. We're different. That's it, man. You just gotta keep pushing the envelope. Keep pushing your limits. Always looking for ways to improve. Yeah. You know, always looking at other people and trying to yeah. take bits and pieces from them, but still putting your own your own flavor. It, yeah. Your own, putting your brain into yeah, it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. like thinking through it to where. You know what you're coaching. Yeah, you know exactly. what it is you are looking for. You know what your coaching points are. Yeah. You know where the player is going to fail and how to guide them to more success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely you got to take pieces from people, but you can't copy. No, that's that's no. the key that you said there. You yeah. can't copy. You got to make it your own. I'm definitely stealing some of your stuff. Hey, <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Cool. Absolutely, and uh, we can only get better from each other. Yeah. That's that's how you, that's how I got better in the years. Yeah. That's how you guys, I'm sure, are getting better every day. And don't be just happy of what you do, what you did last year, and repeat and repeat. That's that's the death of the development. Absolutely. That's why I think uh, in Italy we have to get better at that. Hundred percent. Well, listen, man. I think you are about to have a session here yeah. in about thirty minutes. Ooh, so yeah. I want to make sure you have some time yeah, to, to eat regroup a little <laughs> yeah. bit, eat something. Because uh, I know you got a long day ahead of you, yeah, but yeah. I appreciate you taking time out. It was very us. funny for you guys. Yeah. Find the session, find the chat, and yeah. we can redo these on Zoom. We can Definitely. meet again. And it's a pleasure. 100%. I'm glad we were able to establish this connection. Absolutely. Uh, again, we had Ricardo La Barbera from the Football Lab Soccer School. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Peace. All right. Nice.